0: Hello and welcome to Passion Fruits Podcast, the passion project for passionate people. I am Adam, your Aki, uh, dude. (laughs) Dang it, Aki. I am your Aki Adam. Wait, do you mean Acai or Aki? No, A-C-K-E-E. It is a rare and strange looking fruit that grows in the tropical regions of Western Africa.
1: I knew that. I was testing you, and I will cut out the part where uh, I ask, what do you mean acai?
0: Um, <laughs> and I'm your mint, Daniel. Is mint a fruit? I thought it's a leaf. It's a, it's a herb, <laughs> if you will. It's
1: a uh, herb. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, so herb. <laughs> welcome to Passion Fruits, mm-hmm. the passion project for passionate people. Um, what do we do on this podcast, Adam.
0: Uh, Daniel, we we delve into a m- wild range of subjects where we really talk about and discuss what takes someone from being a kind of casual fan of something and what makes them into a passionate fanatic about that thing. And, you know, for example, we've had people come in here talking about backpacking and cycling mm-hmm. and you know different types of music bands they like different tv shows exactly so we've
1: had so many episodes too many ma- in fact <laughs>
0: too many <laughs> no there's no such thing as too many danny
1: right oh sorry right I, I forgot that rule um yeah so today we're kind of going back to the old well re um rediscussing our love for the music band metallica
0: I mean, this is this is the era of reboots. So we're essentially yes. rebooting episode one of our exactly. uh, of our podcast, right?
1: Katie and I have been watching. Um the spider-man movies with tom holland uh, recently and yes nice. we're just like we're the spider-man of podcasts we reboot old episodes <laughs> to discuss again no but i remember in the first episode we said that we would discuss metallica again in fact we have a little clip from that uh, adam do you mind if we play this clip from our very first episode
0: i do mind Oh, but right. I guess, I guess you can do whatever you want. Daniel. It's no. yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, Daniel. It's fine. Don't take into consideration my feelings. No, no, never.
1: And that was the clip where we talked about how we were going to discuss Metallica again. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: No, yeah. Metallica, a heavy metal, American heavy metal band, recently released a new live album where they play with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra. Um, an album that I'm really digging uh, that I got me kind of back into listening to Metallica again, not that I'm ever not listening to Metallica. It's always constant in my brain, but Mm -hmm. this is just kind of got me looking at stuff with Metallica that I don't often look at um, including some of their albums that I have not paid given enough credit and paid enough attention to. Mm -hmm. Um, So yes, if you don't know who or what Metallica is, let me look at the research that we did from our very first episode. Uh, It will probably sound familiar if uh, you're playing episodes, the episode side by side, like you've got this episode in your left ear and the first episode in your right ear and you're listening to us describing who and what Metallica is, then yeah, then it's going to be exactly the same
0: it's like playing uh dark side of the moon uh against uh what what is it metallica's black album yeah 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 it just syncs up perfectly
1: the uh uh if you listen
0: to it backwards you can hear satan
1: yeah you can hear uh john lennon saying paul's dead um and however they got john lennon's ghost on that track man that was amazing um but yes, so Metallica is a heavy American heavy metal band who basically um, started a musical a heavy metal musical genre called thrash metal. They are currently made up of uh, James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett, and Robert Trujillo, uh, Trujillo, excuse me, and have been in some form a band with usually multiple or different bass players since 1981, which Adam, I was looking at James Hetfield's birth uh, birthday uh, recently, and he was born in 1963. So by 18, he was in Metallica. And then by 30, he had released Metallica. They had released Metallica's first five albums. How does that make you feel? (laughs) Cause well, me, Daniel. Um, it made me very depressed. <laughs>
0: uh, I have, you know, we've put out this, we put out, you know, you know, 40 plus episodes of Passion Fruits Podcast. Whoa, Adam, 40 plus? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think you're padding those numbers a little bit.
0: <laughs> padding? No. No, 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 no.
1: If you're looking at our, uh, our main episode releases, this is episode...
0: 38. Okay, so... <laughs> I'm just forty plus, be between <laughs> yes, all the extra right. content that we've right, created, exactly all the memories that have been created for yes. people listening to this podcast. I mean, yes. my goodness, Daniel, <laughs> it might as well be like forty years worth of content there. Uh, you
1: know, to some of our listeners, it may feel like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, we're talking. You know, if you if you equate it to like gaming, you know, it's just infinite replayability. That's yeah. what passion for It's like is.
1: so many fetch side quests that we go yeah. on, and that's how exactly. we. Really pad our uh, lineup, but yeah, no, I I agree. Our passion fruits episodes that we have made equal definitely the level of uh, capability number one, geniusness number two, uh, number three <laughs> geniusness <laughs> number three number four um, the thrash metalness of Metallica's first. Oh. Four albums and they're fifth. With that kind
0: of of. I you know, I think the the thrash metalness is really comprised in our uh, Redwall episode. That's where it really yes. gets into the intense, you know, headbanging stuff.
1: Yeah, people don't realize that all of our words all, every word we said was set to like the like a rapid fire gunfire um, drum beat uh, that we just took out after we recorded, but you know.
0: And we, and we also have that subliminal messaging as well. Like if you play our episodes backwards, you can actually hear Joe Rogan's voice.
1: No, fuck Joe <laughs> Rogan. <laughs> no, Joe Rogan is a terrible human being who has uh, spread a lot of misinformation and I don't want to talk about him anymore. So,
0: okay, fine.
1: But James Atfield was on the Joe Rogan podcast where he talked about his beekeeping hobby. So tying it all back to Metallica. Nice. Um. So yeah, Uh, in our very first Metallica episode and our very first episode, we talked about kind of how I got into Metallica, how Adam got into Metallica. I know I played a lot of songs, only songs from Metallica's Black album uh, or their self-titled album while Adam played some recent stuff. So we're not really going to do that. I do kind of want to revisit kind of what makes me still so passionate about Metallica because it's like, an ever-evolving passion for this band. True. Um, But yeah, Metallica is an American heavy metal band. They've had multiple bass players, um, some who have left the band tragically, some who have left the band on their own accord. Yes, they have been playing for nigh on 40 years. Next year will be their 40th year in existence.
0: Pretty wild. Pretty wild, Daniel.
1: Exactly. So... Um, I have on the outline, Adam, why don't we just jump into kind of discussion about Metallica. This will be meet more free form, um, but I would like to talk about the release of their newest live album, S&M 2, if that's okay mm-hmm. with you.
0: Yep. That sounds good to me. I guess. You know, whatever. <laughs> <sighs>
1: I mean, you, you've you been very like combative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it because you've enjoyed your vacation too much? <laughs> from recording yeah, right, all this yeah. bullshit.
0: <laughs> the uh, the the big plot twist is that I hate Metallica. Did you know that, Daniel? Mm,
1: you're more of a <laughs> Megadeth fan.
0: Yes, exactly. I knew it. Actually, right. exclu- I exclusively listen to Poison now.
1: <laughs> Rock and roll, Poison. Um. So yeah. All right. Let's hop into S and M two, which was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah, I was going to say, let, let's, uh, let's discuss S&M 2. What were your initial feelings about the album itself and the experience, if you will?
1: So S&M 2 for the layperson, it's not uh, the uh, sadomasochism that I'm sure everybody's into these days with what they're quarantined. They've got nothing else to do but stick stuff up their butt. <laughs> Adam? Is that <laughs> still there? <laughs> Sorry, I was
0: busy sticking stuff up my butt. What what's going on? <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, uh, hey, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. So S M two is a re It's it's a new live concert that Metallica recorded with the San Francisco uh, Symphony to commemorate the opening of a new um concert venue in san francisco and is also um related to their snm album that they did with the san francisco symphony back in 1999 so metallica takes some of their songs and they arrange them with the symphony in mind so they have a bunch of parts that are uh It's all the classic Metallica songs, but there are symphony parts in it. And this one features more uh, songs from their their more recent albums, Hardwired and Mm -hmm. Death Magnetic, along with some of their classic albums. I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy and I really wish Metallica would do more live albums. I guess I really need to get more of their soundboard recordings because I think they're still playing really well live I mean you know of course they're gonna be on top of their game for a concert that they know are gonna they're gonna record and then release worldwide but I really think that they're playing really well uh, and have been playing really well recently um, so I really enjoy how they play live now and I enjoy hearing the songs reimagined uh, mm-hmm. so I I did enjoy it what are you what have your thoughts been?
0: Yeah, I I haven't given it too many listen throughs, but it's I don't know if it hits me the same way that the original s m did. You know, we we you know you've got a couple songs that, that that I enjoyed as well. I mean, I, I always list, love listening to songs like One, yeah, and you know the Unforgiven live. I think they're just some really um, neat lives, just really neat songs that that. The experience is definitely different live as opposed to the album album versions. Right. And I do think it's interesting that they replayed like No Leaf Clover, which yeah. was a, which was an original from the original SNL. Right. No stuff like that. And I you know, and I I I enjoy listening to um, bands live, and well, I guess more specifically bands that play really well live. So like yeah, I, like I, Dave I mean, Matthews
1: Band and yes,
0: Dave and. S- pretty much solely dave matthews
1: fans (laughs) if you were just waiting for him uh for them to go into dive into a dave matthews song (laughs) exactly yeah
0: um i I didn't understand why no why uh, outlaw torn didn't transition into ants Ants, marching
1: i was gonna say ants marching it's a
0: very very uh uh uh, kind of very seamless transition exactly uh, um i because we talked about this on the last episode, but I really enjoyed S N M one. Like I I, st- I listen mm. to SNM one all the time. Um yeah. I just think it gives it a different uh it's a different perspective on Metallica. Yeah. And I do like it. Well once again, I, I don't know, maybe it's because it is uh, it, it it didn't like draw me in the way S N M one did for whatever reason. I, I there's nothing nothing exa- specific I can point to, but it just didn't draw me in the way the same way.
1: No, and I really do like this album, as you might have told, as you could probably tell, uh, I enjoyed it, as I said, multiple fucking times.
0: Um, Did you enjoy it, Daniel?
1: I kind of did. Um, (laughs) But no, I mean, it's it's something that I don't think I will go back to, like, constantly. Like, it will be something like, I want to listen to Metallica, but I want to kind of listen to something different that I haven't listened to for a billion times. Because frankly, I mean they didn't really do anything new for it. Like they didn't yeah. write new songs. Like on the first SM they had uh human and no leaf clover. Mm-hmm. And it was cool seeing them play or hearing them play no leaf clover again. And also cool uh, hearing songs from the two thousands and some of their, you know, cause I mean, they have, um, the unforgiven three from death magnetic all within my hands from, uh, St. Anger which is really cool um, mm-hmm. but then again it's like half of the album is those new songs and then or maybe even a quarter of the album is those new songs and then three quarters of the album is songs that you'll hear on sm one and hear constantly live so it's just like ugh, well I, you have to expect this because it's Metallica and they can't not play Enter Sandman even when they're playing with the San Francisco <laughs> Symphony like yeah. but what is really cool and maybe if we can play some of some of the really cool stuff so they had parts where it was just the symphony playing mm-hmm. so yeah. they had the conductor and the maybe the music director speak about these songs that they chose for the concert that are like very like quote unquote heavy metal classical songs and like you can really hear kind of the evolution of those slower drum beats and drums in uh, classical music uh, that they chose going into the Metallica songs that people were just listening to. Um, but one thing that is really fucking awesome on the album is the anesthesia or excuse me, pulling teeth uh, parentheses anesthesia or anesthesia parentheses pulling teeth, however, is that is the bass solo that Cliff Burton did on Kill 'Em All. But this right. is the bass solo that a double bass player from the symphony played like and it's fucking amazing have you you've listened to it right oh yeah because it's yeah, fucking yeah. amazing let's let's listen to some of it because it's it's really fucking awesome let me so this is the live version of anesthesia pulling teeth on S 2 check it out
0: all right so now is a can you hear this special moment i can uh, really Yay. taking a risk going way out there uh
1: I'm not sure if you remember Cliff Burton, but we certainly do. And one other person. I'll skip ahead a little bit.
0: Especially in the symphony. I I really like that tribute, though. Oh yeah, totally.
1: Listen to to the beginning. Let me skip ahead a little bit. So it goes here and then it goes to like the double bass player playing with a bunch of effects and shit. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Hold up, let me get to that part. So yeah, this is like so cool that they did this and frankly, almost makes the entire <laughs> album and the performance worth it to hear this fucking classically trained bass player play Cliff Burton's bass solo from the first Metallica album. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to have those points that like, because I mean, he's playing like a pretty faithful recreation of the solo as of course hitting those kind of points that are almost like, because Cliff Burton was kind of like had a very classical melodic bass playing style right it kind of translates very well to what um this double bass player is playing and, i mean he's bowing it he's yeah uh, he, i read an article yeah. about it he had like a very specific bass made for just this uh performance and had one of uh Metallica's like guitar techs doing the effects for the entire thing, or he may have been doing the effects himself, but yeah, he's like not playing, like plucking, he's bowing this song. It's fucking awesome. Um, and then of course, they have the drums come in like they do on the album. Um, yeah, have you watched this? I'll pause it now. Have you watched this concert?
0: I, ha- I have not, I, I have seen a clip from that solo though which is it's pretty cool it's just like a cell phone ground, yeah so the yeah. audio isn't that good but it's it's pretty impressive i won't know why
1: i did the same thing because i was like is it really like a bass player like it you know i know that they said it was a bass player like from the symphony but like is he really on like a double bass like that's so fucking cool man
0: yeah um, yep yeah that was the neat thing once again that's what i like about this type of performance from metallic is that that we're not out there uh but there's really neat kind of unique songs and also songs that you just don't normally play like i think one of the one of the disappointing things i was a little bit disappointed about is they i felt like this was, would have been a really good opportunity to play spit out the bone live oh that would be um, crazy man and it's just like, you know, just th- those rarer songs that you don't totally. hear as much on in, in when they're touring. So yeah. I would have liked it. And yeah, like you said, you know, I've never heard Inner Sandman ever.
1: <laughs> what? You've never been to a sporting event, Adam? No the sad. local <laughs> sporting match?
0: Not every single high school football game I right. attend.
1: tell <laughs> <laughs> When SNM two was coming out, I was on the Metallica subreddit, and there were people who were talking about like making kind of not the same complaints that we're making, but the same kind of grumblings of like, uh, eh, you know, yes, like we've seen them and heard these live songs every single fucking time. But then somebody like commented, like, listen, like somebody from the tour that they did for hardwired, somebody on like the Avenged Sevenfold crew, it might've even been been a member of Avenged Sevenfold was like, yeah, dude, 60 to 70% of people there are for the black album. Like yeah. because okay, of the black yeah. album, it's not because of Justice for all and the bass solo from Kill 'em all. It's like, people fell in love with Metallica because of the Black Album. And I mean, they're more fans of the kind of more mainstream Metallica stuff than um, the deep cut. So they have to play Enter Sandman every time.
0: Right. And there are, there, are, especially with a band like Metallica, I would imagine there are a lot of fans that that might be their first time seeing Metallica live exactly. or their only time seeing Metallica live. And, you know, this, this is a, a little bit off I wouldn't say off time. It's it's same sentiment, but you know, I went to see John McCutcheon, one of the uh, mm. folk singers that I like. Yeah, uh, you know, this was probably two years ago, and the way he structures his concerts are always the first half of the concert before intermission is his playlist, and the second half is he it's all audience generated. So he like literally he he goes you know there a bunch of slips of paper he goes just write down requests. So the second half of all his concerts are all requests, and he says he does that. He goes. The first half is for me. The second half is for you all. And yeah. that's that's the way, as he goes, you know, there there are songs that I could not get away with not playing. Right, you know, yeah, exactly. Before you all heard this. So, yeah, so I, I I understand it. I don't, I I think, I don't necessarily, I understand it and I agree with it at a certain level, but I still wish, you know, for this purest of us. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> want to hear something a little bit more unique. But, hey, you know, the same thing, you know, like With the Foo Fighters, I've seen the Foo Fighters a number of times, and I know they play ever long and you know learn to fly every single evening, but I still really enjoy it, right?
1: Yeah, well, and that's the thing like when you're at a concert, a Metallica concert, and like they play Enter Sandman, and it's like the last time that the pyrotechnics are going off because that's another thing with Metallica, their live show is not like slowed down at all, like you would think that these dudes are going to be. 60 soon some of them may be 60 already um like that you would think that they would be slowing down like i mean james Hetfield has like had a pyrotechnic go off and like he wasn't able to play guitar for a leg of the black album tour because of how badly he was burned but like the times that we've seen him it's like flames shooting out from the middle of the stage like Mm -hmm. you know pots and flashbangs going off like all throughout the concert it's so yeah when they play enter sandman and like dives right into like the main riff like distorted riff you're just like all right you know i do love this like there's no mistaking that i love this song but it's just like (laughs) yeah i've heard them play this all the time but man it's so cool when they do so I get it. And maybe, I don't know if I would be disappointed if I didn't see Enter Sandman at a concert. Probably not, but... Uh, I mean,
0: you and I have spoken about this before. I I wouldn't care if we didn't hear Enter Sandman. We've seen it. We've heard it so many times.
1: (laughs) But what if they change it? What if he uh, forgets one lyric, Adam? What would happen then? (laughs) Then it would be like a a rare thing and we could auction off our stories.
0: (laughs) That's that's fair. That's very fair.
1: One point that you kind of made when you were talking about... um, how you like what Metallica does with like this kind of experiment they have, this risk that they're taking. And that's also Mm -hmm. kind of what I wanted to talk about during this episode was Metallica is like ever evolving basically. And the things that they have done as a band, like one year, like 2015, 2014, 2015 maybe, they played all seven continents, uh, in a year. Like they played a concert on all seven continents. They played at Antarctica. That was like, you know, the last one they needed to do. Um, they're constantly like doing things like, um, you know, one of my kind of one of my biggest complaints about them is that their release, um, not their release schedule, but the number of original albums and original material they have come out with since I became a fan in like 2004 is like slowed to a, basically a crawl. Like they have released two original albums. Um, I guess technically, well, technically I became a fan after St. Saint, Saint Anger. Um, so yeah, they've released two original albums, which is frustrating. Cause it's like, man, like you just want them to be everywhere when you're really getting into a band and, when it's an older band and they're not releasing as much, but I mean, like,
0: I mean, so, at, at least they're still tour. They, I mean, they, they tour constantly.
1: That's the thing right? is that they just don't they're like, they're still touring as if they're like young kids. Like I know they do this thing where they tour for two weeks and then take two weeks off tour for two weeks and take two weeks off. But they're doing that for like three or four years. It's yeah. cool. I mean, that's really the only way bands make money nowadays is through touring. But yeah. And I, I yeah. think, um, or touring tests, you know, um, Alan Turing.
0: <laughs> and I, you know, maybe, yeah, so Metallica is obviously evolving on a pretty consistent basis. And I think part of it, at least from my perspective, and it's just from documentaries I've seen for other bands, mm. is is like, one, I think they're fortunate that they have such a huge library of work that they yeah. can go through. Mm. Um and two, I think it might be a little bit hard to figure out what that next cool riff is these days totally. may, because of that library. And yeah. I think they, I would bet that putting together an album is a lot more difficult these days because they're probably incredibly self-critical about what they're putting out because yeah. they don't want it to be derivative of what they've done in the past. Totally. But they also don't want to alienate their prior, you know, their um, uh, their, their fan base. And I I would I would imagine and you know like I've heard compare this to the Foo Fighters is you know their sounds has evolved pretty consistently and Dave has said he goes it's purely because it's to stave off boredom in what they make like they still have totally. a core sound but you know they're pulling in more instru- or more instruments more band members especially touring band members to just augment what they've done and it's because they don't want to get bored and at least for you know what Dave has always said is you no know, they i think many of the bands that we'd listen to uh now most of them are sober but mm. that was the the alternative to uh being more creative and adding more stuff was to just drink a lot and do a lot of drugs to right. make the whole process more exciting so i think i i i like this version of metallica where they you know and, you know you know, thoughts and prayers for James Hetfield, who apparently right. fell off the bandwagon a little a, a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but I, I think w- that's a big part of it.
1: I wonder if that's why maybe they don't have a couple of original songs on S&M because leading up to the concert for that and the recording of the live concert and the album and stuff, I mean, um, James Hetfield was in rehab basically all of last year. Um, and you know, he's probably whatever rehab he was in was maybe telling him like, Hey, don't go back to Metallica just yet because look what you were able to do and look what happened. Um, which I mean, we saw some bits of that in some kind of monster, the documentary they had that released back in 2004 for the, that followed the recording of their Saint anger album. Um, But I mean, going back to me complaining about them not releasing albums. So, I mean, I became a fan in 2004. uh, And of course, what's frustrating now, I can look at all of their discography and, you know, I'm more internet savvy, but, you know, they came out with a live album in 2004, the Some Kind of Monster live album, which has some kick-ass songs on it. I mean, it has Four Horsemen, Damage Incorporated, Motor Breath, Ride the Lightning, you know, some good live stuff on there then yeah. into so that's 2004 Then 2008 so it's just five years after saint anger they released death magnetic which was fucking awesome i still love that album then 2011 <laughs> they released lulu which the i have the best album i have not listened to and <laughs> am terrified to listen to so if they so uh, people who don't know lulu is a Album that Metallica recorded with Lou Reed that has the famous line where James Hetfield screams, "I am the table." There are plenty of memes floating around in 2011 yeah. with that kind of bullshit. Back so
0: when it, memes were just a uh, twinkle
1: uh, in uh, your dad's uh, eye.
0: There we go. Yep.
1: <laughs> then in 2013, they released the Metallica Through the Never, uh, out the live album, and then the live movie experience, which was like filmed with the sound editors from like apocalypse now and like the mm-hmm. cameramen and the camera operators from apocalypse now. And then in 2016, so what I'm trying to say here is that they really haven't slowed down. It's just, they haven't released enough original material for my liking. Yeah. Um, I, like
0: that, That's all, that's all relative to what came before then. Yeah. Which, which was, was like know, every two to three years was a completely new album or at least you know, even like load Reload and Garage Inc all came within 3 years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's other. like it's um yeah, that's what's crazy. It's that they're the mid 90s when Metallica was going through this huge evolution and a change in their popularity. Like they were releasing they released four albums in like 4 years. Like, you know, cover songs and two just two albums of r- original material, but still like that's crazy. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is that they should have done an original album instead of the Lulu album. And then I think (laughs) I would have been a happier fan. (laughs) Um, but Adam, you brought it up because one thing I wanted to talk about was the Metallica albums load and reload, um, which I kind of, uh, caught my attention again when i listened to the snm2 album um when they played uh, the outlaw torn which is a really great song from load um and i went back and listened to load and reload and these two albums it's stuff they recorded 5 years after their huge breakout hit the metallica black album or their self-titled album right. um they recorded these songs and basically they got rich and they got too much time on their hands and (laughs) they took a year to like record these albums, which compared to their older stuff, like Kill 'em all was recorded in two weeks. Ride the lightning was recorded in two weeks. This literally happens to every single band when they get big is that they get money, they get labels allowing them to do more stuff. So they can take a year to record and perfect quote unquote songs and write songs. And what happens is that they don't have that time crunch and they run out of ideas and they get some bad songs, but listening to load and reload, there is a good album in there. If you take out most of the stuff from reload, because I think load is a better album than reload. Um, but
0: <laughs> Fuel is the best Metallica song ever. Okay.
1: That is a classic <laughs> that they play literally every single Oh um, no,
0: I I enjoy it. It's a it 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 sounds like uh uh do though. It's funny. Well, oh, I know.
1: Well, that then this <laughs> is like this is how you get the stereotypical James Hetfield like yeah
0: yeah Metallica <laughs> family, are you out there?
1: Like this is where Metallica and James Heffield it doesn't become like a parody of itself but it is just fuels the the fans who don't like these albums of like yeah look at James like he's just become like a stereotype of a medical or a medical singer a metal singer (laughs) in in Load and Reload if you take those as a double album and then throw out most of the garbage you have a good double album well a good album. It's still a little, probably a little bit too long, but what I have done, Adam, is I have created a playlist. What I think should have been the album that the album of original material from Metallica, they came out in the mid nineties. This is how passionate I am about Metallica. I rework their material and say, no, Metallica, this is what you should have done with that. uh, Two years that you had of recording stuff or a year that you had of recording stuff.
0: So, so One thing I did notice is that you did leave out almost everything from Load and Reload, though, out of that reimagining.
1: So I left a lot of stuff from Load in there. I took, um, like, basically four songs from Reload.
0: This is like a work. Oh, 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 sorry, I'm looking at the wrong playlist. Oh, Oh, God!
1: So now the playlist is called, (laughs) because I'm really cool, Adam, I wanted to imagine what Metallica would have called this album. So I called it Metallica's The Outlaw Torn. And then side one is load and then side two is reload. Uh, uh,
0: okay. I I gotcha. <laughs> now nah, I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: <laughs> Thanks, bro. Um, so yes, I took the favorite songs. Or the songs that I really like from Load and the songs that I really like from Reload, and put them into one Spotify playlist. And of course, this will be available to all listeners. Um, please let me know what you think. I'll probably be posting this on the Metallica subreddit before the episode releases, just so I can get that affirmation that this is a great idea. Um, <laughs> but we don't have to go through the um,
0: I think the... you've done a good job here, though.
1: Thanks, man. Uh, I, I so. After I created this, like beginning of last week, I've listened to it like a a bit. Like I've listened to it a lot and I really do not listen to Load or Reload a lot. Like if I'm gonna listen to Metallica, I'll go to their first four albums or their uh, Hardwired um, or Death Magnetic. So yeah, let's, uh, we don't have to play like multiple songs or we don't have to play uh, multiple minutes of these songs, but I wanted to go through my thinking Um, and kind of explain what I wanted to do here. Okay. And I know this is like totally random and probably not what people are expecting from this episode, (laughs) but this is our re, this is a new Metallica episode. And frankly, I wanted to talk about this (laughs) because I'm really enjoying it. So suck on it. (laughs) I'm sure our listeners appreciate that. So yeah. What we're going to start with in this reimagining is the Fuel, or the Fuel song, is Fuel from Reload, which I think ties in, if you were to bookend this with Metallica's Black Album, it ties in very well with uh, The Struggle Within. That's like basically the only thrash, quote unquote, thrash song on the Black Album. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to call Fuel a thrash song, you could kind of, but let me play it real quick. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire, Ooh. So it's like a fast-paced, basic song it is showing Metallica's new inf- new quote unquote influences. I'm sure they had these influences before. But rather yep. than their um, British heavy metal influences, this is their these are like their general blues, American hard rock influences. but it's also still kind of a song that you can headbang to um what do you think about this as the first song i want to hear-
0: yeah i i think you know you and i have discussed this about many about other bands but this is a perfect like kicking the nuts you know <laughs> in, intro intro song yeah it's i mean it's not it's not super deep it's not super you know, it doesn't showcase the best of metallica's musicianship but it's it definitely sets a good pace for the rest of the album
1: totally Um, So then it goes into the first song off the album Load, Ain't My Bitch. So let's play that. So this kind of continues that bluesy feel of it, um, kind of keeps the pace up for the first couple of songs in this album.
0: Yeah.
1: And while Metallica has had songs that have had deep lyrics, they've had songs that don't have deep lyrics. like. There's nothing more satisfying than singing along to this song when James Hetfield screams, ain't my bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't my bitch. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> so satisfying to sing that in the car. Just like, yeah. Um, it also makes a statement for Metallica to their fans. Like, Hey, we're evolving. We're changing. Like we're not your bitch. We can do whatever we want because we're fucking Metallica. Um, like that's just so satisfying. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: I, I will continue on if you'll let me go for it. All right. So then, cause load and reload have a lot of, um, and I'll pause it. Cause I want to make this point. They have a lot of like self-reflective, more slow songs and i think that this is kind of what happens to bands as they get big also what we were talking about before is that when now that metallica released their self-titled the black album like that was more general songs more groove metal and hard rock than thrash metal like their first four albums are very specific like they have very specific songs like this is a song about cthulhu this is a song about um, Johnny, got Johnny, get your gun, like the movie and the book, like these songs here are like very general themes. So it's like, they're taking the general hard rock theme and putting their own personal, um, twist on it. So that's to say that these two albums have a lot of, Slower songs and faster paced songs. Mm-hmm. So the pacing may be a little off, but let's listen to the third song on this reimagining uh, Metallica's The Outlaw Torn is <laughs> the house that Jack, or excuse me, the house Jack built. I've wondered listening to this song if, because one of the nicknames for Metallica is Alcoholica, if yeah. this is supposed to be Jack Daniels, like, hey, look, we wrote all of these songs while we were drinking a bunch of whiskey and alcohol. And is this, maybe this is the house that Jack Daniels built? But because of possible. copyright and using Jack Daniels' name, they probably could not have said that the um,
0: intro to the song always reminds me of um one of those one of the rush songs. It's like totally.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well and it's also very like Alice in Chainsy almost. Like we'll get to the verse, but the solo is just like um uh Kirk Hammett doing a solo with a voice box. Hold on, let me play the verse or listen to the verse. It's a hell of a- I mean, that's like a super duper Allison Chains riff right there. That. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, it's just like Metallica quoting Allison Chains, which I think is really cool. And of course, in the mid 90s, like that was all the rage because Allison Chains is a huge band and Metallica trying to stay relevant probably wanted to also do that.
0: That's very true.
1: Um. So then, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no, you're, you're, you're good.
1: No, I can tell when you are taken into breath to say a salient point, but I guess not right now.
0: So- <laughs> no, I never have salient points. Gosh.
1: Then we will listen to, so the fourth song on this reimagined album is Until It Sleeps. So let's listen to that.
0: This is one of those songs from S&M that I really, really enjoyed.
1: Yeah. Where do I take? and this is like an album these two albums this is when during the black album and the touring of the black album james hetfield went to a vocal coach so james hetfield became like such an amazing singer yeah and these albums really showcase his vocal capabilities which some people can say that's probably why the songs are simpler so the vocals can be a little more complex because they're clearer versus their their earlier albums. Like the lyrics are easier to sing along to. Like, I, I think it's, yeah, I really like this song. Um, and yes, the version on S&M is very good as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, then the fifth song on this album is The Unforgiven 2. So let's go to that. Which I really like. So this is from Reload. So the first A My Bitch House Jack built and Until It Sleeps are from Load. Then Reload song is the Unforgiven Two. Which starts just as the Unforgiven. is headbanging and singing along to the guitar partners. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, when it's so Nashville tinged, I think that was kind of a complaint that people had when these albums came out. Is that it's very bluesy, very like country almost. Um, but this is like one of my favorite Metallica songs ever. Like it's so catchy. Can sing along to it so easily. Um I guess it's a not a sequel to Metallica's The Unforgiven from the black album but I don't know why they do that cuz they have The Unforgiven The Unforgiven 2 and then from Death Magnetic The Unforgiven 3 They could always <laughs> he could always call his song something else right <laughs> Like he doesn't have to keep using The Unforgiven I mean like if that's the theme and we'll discuss that Adam the themes of Metallica albums, if that's the theme of the song, then I guess you can't do anything about it. But So that's side one of this Metallica album, The Outlaw
0: Torn. Okay. This
1: is load. That was side load.
0: Okay. All right. Side two.
1: <laughs> side two. Let me get to it. I know I'm taking up way too much time. Uh, side two starts with King Nothing*. So similar to kind of like Ain't My Bitch, it has that kind of like halting um, riff. uh, Kind of keeps the pace up a little bit after the slower songs that we had just listened to. Um, But it's also very similar to Enter Sandman because the bridge has kind of like a prayer that he does in Enter Sandman when uh, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. Uh, But this is just uh, talking about what you wish and you make regret um so then so that's king nothing then this album goes to oh that's so good i see he's the vocals are so good and the lyrics are simple but they're just so much fun to yell at yourself i guess let's listen to hero of the day
0: this is another one that uh is played really well in the original SNM.
1: So and this is like a classic Metallica song. Like this is like it's such a good song. It's so good. And I want you Adam, I want you to think of it this way. So it's it's like a direct sequel to Metallica's "One" from "And Justice for All." It talks about a soldier coming back from war and being the hero of the day, but years— not years after—but like trying to find a life after war versus right. the horrific. Subject in one of the quadriplegic who wants the nurse to kill him. This is like, this is such a good classic Metallica song. Um, That's the thing. There's like such, in these albums, Load and Reload, they're classic Metallica songs. There's just so much stuff you have to get rid of to get to those. (laughs) Um, So King Nothing and Hero of the Day are from Load. Then let's go to a song from Reload The Memory Remains. I mean, this is a song that we still see them play live. They played it in S and M two. I mean it's
0: that's one of my favorite songs in Through the Never.
1: Yeah, totally. It's just another kind of simple song. What I think about too is when this these albums were coming out, I wonder how it affected young guitar players when they wanted to learn the latest Metallica song like I can play a Metallica song like these songs are not super complex like Master of Puppets and Justice for All Right. these are like songs that I can play I wonder if that factored (laughs) into anything alright we'll keep moving on so that's the memory remains from Reload then we'll listen to next up is Bleeding Me off of Load a slower song the last three songs on this are going to be slower Ahead a little bit. So, again, while the riffs on this are not complex and the solos aren't complex, it's just like they're good, man. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm sure, like, Metallica fans who love these albums, Load and Reload, are like, yeah, of course they're good. Like, you didn't know that. Like, honestly, I really like when I first got Load and Reload, I listened to them, but like, there's so much faffing around in those albums that it's kind of just like, man, I just want to listen to uh the Black Album or Master of Puppets or And Justice for All. Like, I don't want to skip around and um, skip the songs that I don't want to listen to. You know, I want like, cause that's one thing I love about Metallica is they're like their albums. They're an album band. They're not like really a single band, even though they've released multiple, multiple singles from their, all their albums. Um, yes. How are you feeling, Adam? Are you asleep yet? <laughs>
0: I do it just fine, Daniel. (laughs) All right,
1: we'll keep moving. So this is kind of where this reimagined album I have gets long. I mean, it's still a hundred or hundred an hour and eight minute long album. Like this is an eight minute eighteen second song. So next we'll listen to Fixer, which is a eight minute fifteen second long song. More of a plotting pace and slower, but it has more of the distorted guitar yeah. than some of the other songs we've been listening to. Um, and I really like this album or this album, this song. Skip ahead a little bit. I didn't skip it. It's like skipped ahead, but it was like the same fucking riff. That's a thing. It's like this is an eight-minute song. I think Adam is air drumming. Uh, All right, so then let's listen to the – oh, go
0: ahead. I I think part of – and perhaps it's – I mean, the the Load and Reload are both such long albums, and there's a lot of faff in there, and there's a similar cadence to a lot of the songs. I think Mm -hmm. that's what probably gets people, is that there isn't enough uh, variety as far as um, really distinctive songs – I wouldn't even, i am say i argue that the Black Album is kind of like that as well. I, th- I think the Black Album is tighter. Yeah, um, totally. But that, that's just- Even that's though just it's
1: me. still a long al- album. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, that's kind of funny that you say that because I was kind of struggling that with making this playlist, making this reimagined album was like, man, there are a lot of songs that have that same kind of tempo, same kind of pace, same yeah. kind of feel. But like versus Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All, and the Black album, frankly, like you could set your watch to those albums because the fourth song is always going to be the power ballad. Mm -hmm. Um, The eighth song or the seventh song is always going to be the instrumental. And then, well, except for the uh, Black album. Then the last song is always going to be the true thrash song, and except for Ride the Lightning. But like Master of Puppets ends with a thrash song, and Justice For All ends with a thrash song. But yeah, that's kind of like the struggle with this, is that side two for this reimagined album is a little slower because there are just so many slow songs on load and reload. Speaking of a slow song, let's go to the the eponymous song for this album the outlaw torn again from snm Two. what really got me thinking about load and reload
0: such a good song
1: it really is That riff, like, there, the just the main riff, the down out, down out, down out, down out. I've been, like, humming that all this week. It's, like, just such a catchy guitar riff. And I, I really, like, again, I really didn't listen to these songs when, or these, these <laughs> albums when I first got into Metallica. But, like, that was my style of guitar playing when I was first getting into guitar was just that like down out down out down out down out i mean adam you've heard the my high school band's raging boot album
0: you know i still have it on my ipod thank you very much
1: don't worry i have it on google drive if you ever lose it i'll be able to send it to you yeah this is just such a good song and i recently read a quote from lars where he was like he's had he said like people have come up to him and been like yeah man like I love load and reload I love the outlaw torn and he's like dude like where were you back in the 90s like was it just because we cut our hair we weren't metal anymore like what the fuck <laughs> I think they've had like uh a love hate relationship with their fans uh based on these albums
0: um i, I mean their fans I mean, that's kind of the blessing and the curse of Metallica. Is they have such a huge fan base, yeah, and a fairly vocal one at that. And I'd say totally a fan base that's pretty diverse as well, yeah. Um, and maybe it's because I'm included in that, um, but you've got a uh, you've you've got a a fairly superficial fan base, um and then you i'd say you have a, a a fairly appreciative little more academic fan base as well.
1: I mean, we have talked about how the this podcast and these episodes are like our thesis, are like our dissertation that we are going to be submitting to multiple multiple graduate programs when we're finally done that's, here. That's um, very true.
0: I mean, well, like I think I'd say that's true for most metal. Um totally. The like it's really interesting and this is off topic but like Lamb of God is very it's so funny to see cuz a lot of the a lot of the Lamb of God members have become a little more active on Twitter lately like Mark Morton the guitarist I love following him on Twitter oh, yeah. cuz he just rails against uh our our orange haired president and Archito <laughs> yeah Archito in chief um oh, it's, oh. f- it's it's <laughs> funny because his he's losing followers pretty consistently because of the stuff that he posts on Twitter. Yeah. And he goes, he, literally, he's like, do you all not listen to the lyrics right. <laughs> that we write? Yeah. He goes, he goes, just because we're like metal and, you know, anti, anti establishment does not mean that we're, you know, he, 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 finds it, he finds it amusing.
1: Actually. Yeah. Just because For- we're metal and we're from Richmond, Virginia, like doesn't mean yeah. that we're, <laughs> we're Republican and supporting our president, supporting the current president. exactly. Um, Well, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's like um, metal fans, while they're very accepting, like if something changes about their favorite band, like when Metallica got rid of their long metal hair and got shorter hair and more like started wearing makeup and eyeliner and stuff, like that pissed off so many fans in the mid-90s. Like Metallica's not metal anymore. It's like, dude, (laughs) they wrote like these seminal metal albums that are like classic albums in the eighties, like they're still the same guys. Right. <laughs> like right. you can't like like and that's like the thing. It's like we were talking about earlier is like Metallica is one of the few bands from the big four Metallica Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax, who were the big four thrash metal bands, who actually like came out of the 80s and were still popular and are still touring with like the same level of popularity that they had back then. I mean, like we've seen, and it's because they've evolved. We've seen Metallica in arenas. We've seen them in stadiums. But we've seen Megadeth in a club. We've seen Slayer yep. in an amphitheater. Mm-hmm. Um, have not seen Anthrax. But like it, it is solely because Metallica embraced an evolution in their sound some may say they embrace the mainstream but like frankly how else the fuck are they going to make money (laughs) if they don't make songs that are popular for uh, that some people like that a majority of people like like that is why they're so prevalent and relevant um i know that you know a lot of people would say they're not relevant today, but I still think they are. Um, <laughs> I, I, but I mean, at least still releasing, like being able to release uh, an SNM too, like you know, that's because they're evolving. Um, yeah. Anyway, so yes, that is my reimagining of Load and Reload into one single album called The Outlaw Torn, with the side one being Load, side two being Reload. This will be on our podcast description with the playlist. I also did another Metallica playlist of their more recent stuff. Um, Some not really deeper cuts because if you're a fan, then you know these songs, but um, stuff that we didn't get a chance to talk to or talk about in our first episode and probably not this episode because this one is already running long. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at our outline and there's so many points that I wanted to also talk about like Napster and, Um, stuff like that. But, um, do you have anything else you want to talk
0: about with Metallica, Adam? I'm good for now. I I just think. (laughs) I'm,
1: I'm satiated.
0: (laughs) I think we need another hour and a half. I I mean, Um,
1: I could talk about the Napster thing for like 45 minutes. Um, Let's
0: save the Napster thing because I think there, (laughs) there are other because it's not just Metallica. there are other. There, I I wrote a um, uh, a case brief on Napster and the RIA, RIA and anti piracy stuff. But that's that's uh, that's that was in, back in high school. Man, so. um,
1: well yeah, uh, cool. Well then the Metallica Volume Three episode will come out in another forty plus episodes as Adam <laughs> Adam, Adam thinks we've done.
0: It'll be our thousandth episode Yeah, coming up in just five episodes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, So, yes. uh, Thank you, Adam, for indulging me on this. I know this was pretty masturbatory, but isn't all of podcasting masturbatory?
0: (laughs) It's true.
1: Um, true. (laughs) So, yes. um, Why don't we hop into recommendations if you are cool with that? Sure. All right. What would you like to recommend to me this week? I know we've taken a little bit of vacation. I can't remember what I recommended to you last time. So let's just reset. Let's reload. (laughs) Very funny. Very funny. Um, What would you like to recommend this week?
0: So it's a music band, uh, Bleed From Within. Bleed From Within. So it's uh, the reason I started listening to them is because they, so Lamb of God, uh, this past weekend and then this coming weekend, um, actually the day this episode releases is doing live stream a paid con- a paid live stream concert, oh, uh, and so this past weekend was their self titled album that just came out and bleed from within uh, opened for Lamb of God. Cool. So and it was. Awesome, nice. um, but so I went back and started listening to them a little bit more, because uh, i've I've had they, I've had them come up on like Spotify metal playlists and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I've always been really impressed with it, but this is the first time I went back to their albums, and so like their most recent release is an album called fracture and that was released back at the end of may so i'd recommend just listening to that because i've i've been very impressed thus far they're scott they're a a scottish scottish metal band um
1: beautiful scottish accent
0: (laughs) 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 and uh they they do they do really well And, and another plug for that lamb of god concert so next week they're live streaming a uh they're live streaming ashes of the wake. So it's a full oh, complete playthrough. Yeah.
1: I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Um, it's that'd a, be, Ooh, that's fucking awesome.
0: The, How much yeah, do they, they cost? So it is, it was, um, I think it's $15 per, per concert or is $20 for both. So I got both. Gotcha. Cool. Um, uh, we, we will discuss how to get you access to those live streams.
1: <laughs> I think you still have to give me your HBO Max subscription too. So.
0: <laughs> what? No, we don't do anything like that. <laughs> no,
1: nothing like that. Uh, that's why we want to, We are free to talk about Metallica and piracy because we have stayed so far away from that. <laughs> cool. Well, I will check out Bleed From Within, their album okay. Fractured. And okay. then I'm also going to check out Lame of God's live streaming concert. Please um do. I know you really don't have time to play video games right now, but uh, this is for everybody else. Uh, Please listen to the Reimagining of Load Reload album. Also, check out Crusader Kings 3 on Xbox Game Pass, Adam. Yeah, I know you have Xbox Game Pass. You can check (laughs) it out. (laughs) Well, I don't know what you're doing right now. I can see your eyes. (laughs) You're not meeting my eyes. Hey, Adam, my eyes are up here. Okay, bro.
0: um, (laughs) No, I'm looking at something else. (laughs) He's sending me
1: his HBO Max login. All right, everybody, here it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Adam's HBO Max login. All right, he luckily gave me the fucking HBO Max website. (laughs) I had no idea where to go. All right. You have yes. to check out Crusaders King. Yeah, Crusader Kings on Xbox Game Pass PC. Okay. I don't know. Are you a fan of the Paradox grand strategy games like Stellaris or um I have
0: never played them. Okay. So, so this I, is I, I, ju- I when the when you when you recommend it, I looked up a review and it said that this is probably one of the best strategy games ever.
1: It is fucking awesome, dude. So you are a king. In the times of like 1000 BCE to, or sorry, BCE, 1000 CE to 1400 CE, Mm -hmm. it's like only like a 400 year stretch of time, but you are playing a king who is supposed to figure out their own destiny. Like, do you want to like destroy the Holy Roman empire? You can do that. Do you want to be the king of Ireland? Like my king is, you can do that. Uh, except my uh, the character I was playing as died before we recorded this podcast, and now his grandson is taking rule, um, and he's not even of age yet so but so it's this game where you play as a king or as a ruler, and you're supposed to figure out what you want to do. but it follows like the feudal ruling system if you are playing as a European king but you can play as really any culture, but you continue as your heir. So I have started with this king who was like very noble and very like brutal and like warred against everybody. And then he died. And then my the next player, the next heir that I played as was this really the (laughs) lusty, King who like boned everything he could see um, just because he was like very good at like scheming and boning and uh, was very fertile. <laughs> um, but like, it is so cool. And I'm, I've tried to get into Crusaders Kings two and the other grand strategy games, but this one actually has a very good tutorial. It explains enough that lets you get into it and then lets you figure it out on your own. But yeah, man, you got to check out Crusader Kings 3. Three. It is really cool. I know that you don't have a lot of free time on your hands, mostly because you are texting me your HBO Max login <laughs> information, <laughs> which is apparently taking more time. Also, you should listen to, uh, it's a band that, Lauren Calve from a previous episode recommended or put on her playlist. uh, Sarah Shook and the Disarmers, their album, Years, it's called Years. It's a yellow album cover with a snake on it. I have also, before I was listening to this reimagining of Load Reload, I was listening to that album nonstop. It's like this really cool folk country album that I've, been surprised at how much i have enjoyed um but yeah it's uh sarah shook and the disarmors the album is called years she's from garner north carolina um she's some of her albums have been recorded well she has two albums i think both of them have been recorded in this area one in chatham county near you but yes so please check out crusader kings 3 check out sarah shook and the disarmors years i will thank you Oh, we did it. <laughs> we finally recorded an episode, and it was our best one yet. Yes, uh, except for the, the Hamburg, best. the Hamburg steak one we did with Will. <laughs> uh, that goes down in the pantheon. That will be sent to the Library of Congress. <laughs> um, so, Adam, if our listeners don't remember, we are on social media. Do you remember where what our social media tags are, or do you want me? To I do. Okay, no, here I we do. go. We are on right. Instagram at
0: Passion Fruits Podcast.
1: We're on Twitter at
0: Passion Fruits P2, or just yes. search for Passion Fruits Podcast.
1: Nice. He did it, everybody. Yes. <laughs> um, we're on Facebook at
0: Passion Fruits Podcast.
1: We can be emailed at
0: Passion Fruits Podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, we've been emailed by my father. Please email <laughs> us so that uh, he's not the only email that we've received, other than social media emails. Uh, We also have a blog, which (laughs) I recently posted on finally. Uh, It's passionfruitspodcast.home.blogspot. So please check that out. All of these links are going to be in the show description. Um, Thank you, Adam, for joining me here um let's do this again soon buddy i
0: we uh, yeah sure why not why <laughs> wow,
1: not wow it's so committed to this that was 110 percent. yes right there
0: yeah
1: <laughs> adam has not looked me in the eye for the past 20 minutes
0: no it's because the zoom thing is up in my on my second monitor so like i'm oh, actually looking second at second
1: monitor wow listen to the uh
0: <laughs> i have three the, actually so i've got the, oh wow so, listen to
1: Mitch, mr rich, rich rich over there <laughs>
0: I've got Spotify on one. I've wow. got the Zoom thing in the other one.
1: Feel like I'm talking to a king in Crusader Kings 3 right now.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: All right, man. Uh thanks again. Thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you at another time. Bye.